1: If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to SoftRep Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community.
4: Hey, what's going on? This is Rad, and I have another episode of Soft Rep Radio. And with me today is a guest. His name is Jeffrey, and. It's not how you sound. It sounds like de party, but it's defense. Say it again for me, Jeff. Departee. 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 Jeff Departee with us from Canada. Uh, Canadian Military Special Forces, right? That's correct. Yep. Joint Task Force 2, which is our Tier
5: 1 solution, similar to your SEAL Team 6 or Delta Force boys.
4: I see. And... In your mingling of that job, did you ever work with those counterparts on uh, certain aspects of missions, such as the SEALs and the Green Berets and Delta like that? Is that kind of how you all work together?
5: Yeah, yeah. There's uh, kind of like this global engagement strategy, we'll call it. Uh, At least that's what it was called back in the day, where there was exchanges with those units, where we would train with each other in different capacities You'll just learn a lot quicker that way, right? You learn all the hard lessons from someone else instead of having to learn the hard lessons yourself. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, deployment uh, as well uh, with all those units. Uh, Myself, I never personally worked with SEAL Team 6, but uh, with the other ones, I definitely had some hands-on experience in Iraq and places such as that. It was great. It's like anything, when you climb the echelon and then you work with the top of the echelon, it's always a good time. How old were you when you decided to join... I decided pretty young to get into the military, but I didn't actually get into the military until I was 25. Just life happened. Things came up, you know, little roadblocks, but they all proved to be really good learning opportunities that helped me become a better soldier once I did get in. So, you know, everything in its perfect place, right?
4: I want to just say that uh, it's really cool that you helped the joint coalition forces during the global war on terror. So thank you for doing that and uh, raising your hand. Is that how you swear in, in in Canada? Do you swear in by raising your hand and, and uh, pledging an oath like we do down here? Yes, yes. We have to snowshoe in
5: and then we put our hand on a beaver and then we pledge an oath. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, It's very similar. You know, the flags there. <laughs> I can't remember if there's like a Bible or something, but yeah, we give our allegiance to the military here in Canada. We still give our allegiance to the queen. I don't know why it's a weird technicality Uh that I, I don't know.
4: Yeah. Well, you're answering my next question. Do You see how I was leading into that? Because my next question was when the queen comes over or if she were to show up, would you be in full battle rattle at her disposal uh, as a military person in Canada? Or would you work with like the prime minister?
5: Yeah, so we don't really have any affiliation to her. Really, it's one person that does, and that's our, uh, oh, jeez, I can't even remember their title, Governor General, or I can't even remember anymore. You know, it's so <laughs> much uh, ceremonial stuff, like, uh, for us to, we just haven't thrown the, um, the tea party yet, you know? Maybe we'll do the, the New Age kind of polite one where. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you
4: know? But it's getting on time. We just say, "Hey, have a nice day." Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we know you've spent some time out there, and you know you've shot some rifles and uh, learned how to shoot long distance. And I know that uh, one of the things that my listener might like to know about you is that you are a part of that unit that hit out to two miles plus with some shots. You have some trained shooters on your in your unit that I think it's a world record, unfortunately, but it is. You know. <sighs> what my longest shot was 1300 yards i'm just gonna say that yeah well one day you'll get into the big boys club no i'm just kidding
5: 1300 yards is still a magnificent shot let's like really think about that you know launching something from your shoulder 1300 yards and hitting a target it's pretty crazy actually so we have a a truly great sniper unit and i mean that with all humility it's like I said, it's born from the coalition lessons learned in other places. And when it comes to, when it comes to war, sometimes it's, you know, the right time, the right opportunity, the right person. And yeah, I was part of that troop. I've since taken those skills and I've created a long range shooting program called ultra long range shooting for, you know, anybody, it's an online course. It's not one of those ones you have to do in person, taking those lessons and put it into there. And, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's so, it's a place of Zen for me, you know, getting with my gun, hanging out, out in the wilderness, not on this side of
4: being on the military. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, it was a phenomenal unit. Yeah. That's very cool. I have a friend, Charlie Mike, and, uh, he's down here. He runs Charlie Mike precision. He's always trying to shoot long range, uh, you know, to miles. I think he's chasing that record right now. He's a former seal team guy. And, uh, You know, I just think that uh, shooting that long range, the way I went and did it was I hadn't really shot long range, okay? I've never had the opportunity to do that, even when I was in the Air Force or outside of it. So to sit down and breathe slowly, like, you know, I have to say Xbox and some of the Airsoft training that I've dealt with to breathe, it just allowed me to do it. And when I hit the target, we saw a bunch of dust. And uh, my spotter, my buddy Ajax, he was like, oh, that's a miss, Uh, you hit the dirt. And then the other spotter, he's like, no, that's a hit because it hit up the dust, right? So those big shots from far away, it's pretty impressive.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, glass becomes a limiting factor in that, right? And like, it's actually the bullet's good to go. Your calculations on the wind are good to go, but just even trying to get the optics on it. So Rad and Ajax—that's some pretty fucking cool names. It's interesting. I was down <laughs> in your neck of the woods when I actually shot this program. I was down in uh, the deserts outside of Phoenix when I was running the course, and because uh, there's a ton of uh, what do you guys call it? Your B, your your BLM land. That's it. The BLM land
4: down there. Yeah. Bureau of Land Management, yep. Yeah, they run all of the open lands. So here in Utah, right, just north of Arizona in the Grand Canyon, uh, we have, you know, a huge swath of land out to the west that's just like salt flats from the Great Salt Lake. There's a lot of people out here that do long-range shooting, uh, mountaintop to mountaintop even. And uh, there's a long-range shooting club here in Utah that uh, is pretty popular within that culture, right? of That's what they do. They go out and they try to, ping that target, uh, you know, and get better at that craft, you know, for whatever the purpose is sporting obviously, but you did segue and it's perfect for us to go there. You have the special experience.com. It's the special experience.com. And I can't help it. When I type it in, just see the word sex in the middle. When I look at your website, I'm just really like taking all back everything you've written about. And yeah, it's awesome. Actually.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, Rad. You know, we put a lot of efforts into what we put out for content and the things we do. And again, once again, I, I had this beautiful education when I was in the military. And when I say that, I just mean an exposure to experiences that money can't buy, right? You don't you don't get to go pay for this to when you you know, you go in this class in school or pay for it on a safari or whatever, right? And it really evolved my concepts of human dynamics human performance and most specifically behavior and in that behavior was the concept of growth being physiologically stronger and more flexible psychologically fit stronger and more flexible just meaning you can handle more you can persist longer you can it's a breadth of intelligence meaning not just intellect but your emotional awareness your communications abilities all those start to fall into the growth category. And so with the special forest experience, we started doing what's called intentionally facilitated post-traumatic growth. Now we're really the only group doing this where we intentionally set conditions to traumatize your cells, both neuronal cells in your brain and including physiological stress. Um, And you might wonder why that is, but it's a very natural function. Plants use tropisms and stress You know, think of a tree in the wind. If a tree has no tropisms, no inputs from the wind, no stresses, it gets weak. That's what happens. And it's the same with people. So we use the term art of adversity as the tool which people cycle through these concepts of post-traumatic growth. And within that, we have a whole gamut of different programs that come together in one called The Process, which, you know, involves very much online learning and then an eight day in person. And from those tools, we've, account- we've, we've moved that over into the plant medicine area for on the other side, because the whole thing, it's, it's life is not linear. And as much as we'd like to think it's linear and recursive, it's really not. But the idea is, is your psychology on a baseline? You know, you go through something traumatic and you grow. And that formula, if we were to just look at a microsecond of it, is what we've begun perfecting. And it includes things that you know, are out there right now, you know, morning routine, night routine, breath work, movement of all kinds, right? Yoga, animal flow, barbells, all the different things, right? And we've condensed those down and we've come up with our own proprietary stuff. And then we use that on four, I say on four people who are seeking, new edges of themselves, finding the unknown, you know, becoming more than they were yesterday, which also means finding their shadows and their blind spots and undoing. We call it resolving and dissolving. But if I could share, Rad, I just, I'm working on a venture right now uh, for veterans and it's starting up here in Canada. I've been waiting to do this for a while because it's like, okay, what can you do with the vets? What can you do with the vets? And I just wasn't in a position to do much for vets at the time. It was just me and my, my small group but now I've signed on a joint venture with uh, global compliance application Corps and Santa. So one is a blockchain research company, I'm mostly working in agriculture. And the other one is a medical cannabis grower. All right. So in Canada right now, veterans affairs covers veterans, medical cannabis. So Bring in the SFE, that's my company, and we're going to create courses for these vets. Yeah, yeah, it is for a holistic approach to their healing, to their transitioning, to finding their new identities. And it will incorporate cannabis. And what we'll do is we'll feed that info back into the blockchain and algorithms will run on it. And what's good about that is nobody really knows how to use any of the plant medicines really well, but, you know, cannabis. Yeah, we know it, it can boost your appetite. We know it can subdue stress. We know it can have, it has all kinds of different properties, but they don't really know, hey, smoke this much at this time of this Nausea. strain. At, you know what I mean? Like, so the Sleep idea is. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Sleep aid. Exactly. All these things that it can be used for if used properly and almost like a, a dosing. And as we build up the algorithm, We'll right. know more and more and more like, oh, if you're 150 pounds, you're one year out of the military, you're having a bit of identity issues. Maybe you have a moral wounding. Maybe you have a little bit of PTSD. You know, your prefrontal cortex is not firing as much as it should. You're a little bit limbically upregulated. Hey, you know, maybe it's a sativa sure. in the morning You know, whatever it ends up being. I'm, and some of that is is going to be built. But it, the program is called Citizen Indica at
4: night. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, a hybrid during the day.
5: <laughs> yeah exactly you know what i mean and what does all that look like what does that all look like and uh, so it's a really great program because it's all funded by the government indirectly like these companies were kind of like hey the government's not doing what they need to be doing here or they're just moving too slow Um, so we're going to build this community that will be funded by veterans affairs and uh, it's man i'm super stoked for it super stoked because it can help sometimes it's not even about helping right it's just when you transition out of the military it's just a big transition in your life that alone you know to being part of a community of other people transitioning you know asking those questions where do i go who am i what do i want to do Wow, maybe having a down tune right. from some pts maybe you know things of that nature yeah so we're super stoked about that and then uh, i'll just say one Pick more little thing up the pieces where somebody
4: else already uh,
5: went through the whole situation oh yeah go ahead and I'll circle back to that. I'll circle back to that. Yeah. And uh, our, our plan is, is in the next little while to head down to the U.S. We're just coming up with some creative solutions so that the vet doesn't have to shoulder the burden of, of the cost. I, I look forward to that as well and and working with all the amazing assets that are down there. It's so good. You know, the U.S. is really leading the charge when it comes to vet support. This whole transition right out of Iraq and Afghanistan is really showing how important the other side of the trauma cycle, you know, cause going through the military, no matter how strong you are, it does induce trauma to a certain level. It does upregulate you and put your nervous system into overwhelm and it builds an identity. And no matter who you are, you have to undo those on the other side. So we're super, super excited about it. But yeah, everything you mentioned there too, it, it's, uh, it's all part of it. And it's, uh, and it's an interesting thing. And we kind of go back to that concept of post-traumatic growth and just where on the cycle is the individual.
6: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: You know, here in the U.S. just today, and I I don't usually like to date my shows, but, you know, it's September, and uh, they were just asking the president of the United States here, what's, you know, he was being pushed about legalization of cannabis right now, and he just said, look, I want all the states to be able to control it, but he wants to deschedule it to a class two from a class one which would allow for scientists and other medical and other professionals to be able to really dive in on it from a u.s point of view where you have folks in israel who've been working in the hospital over there waiting for somebody in the u.s to be able to like Correspond with and cooperate with, but we've had such a grip on it, right? Canada has this legalization for it already for so long. Um, you know, BC, Vancouver, Whistler, you know, snowboard life that happened, and then you know, California picked up on it, and it just transitioned and snowballed across the states over these last ten to fifteen years. You know, maybe even going on twenty years now has it been some kind of recreational in California, but or medicinal. And, you know, going to Colorado, I was just in Colorado recently, and, uh, you know, to see Mike Tyson has uh, entered the ring, if you will, with his own products and his own brands for the exact same reasons, really, that you're talking about, you know, the trauma that he's dealt with, or that people have dealt with. And he's like, well, I want to make something that helps with the trauma. And so, boy, the Tyson can sure pack a punch. I'll tell you what, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you
5: know what, like like you said, it's going to be state by state down there in the the U.S., but... All this, everything that you're saying, yeah, the administration moves slow. You know, it doesn't matter if you're here in Canada or down there. Uh, they all like to take their time. But you, you mentioned Israel. thats They're part of our partnership. The thing is, Rad, is the world is asking for this change. Everybody knows about it. It's happening, right? You can see it sparking up little places, little place. And it's beyond just cannabis. It's beyond plant medicines like ayahuasca and such it's a consciousness shift that's starting to happen Mm -hmm. and i think it's a natural evolution after you know 20 years of war into covid the world does that it compresses down and when you get compressed down there's really a great option which is to expand and and just the fact that those things are starting to pop up everywhere is a signal that it's coming more and more
4: at least i think so and i think so and i feel that we're in the same kind of age bracket not to put you in the 40s but i'm just saying you know with the mores of us coming up in the in the culture coming from the super nintendo days and the zelda and the tony hawk and you know uh the baseball teams in our high schools and stuff i I think that we're that next generation to kind of like help push things over you know and uh i'm for one all about it right i obviously you know There's a lot of things on the show that I'll always just kind of like bite my tongue if somebody says, but I'm a huge advocate for, you know, uh, this type of research to be done for people with trauma or a wounded elbow, you know, I mean whatever the case may be. It may not be the answer to everybody's dreams, though, you know, and I'm not trying to say that it's a it's an end all be all to the fix, but it's a it's worth a shot. And you do an you do a process where they come to you and and you guys go through it. Right. I mean. If, if, if you're coming to you, you don't have to be a military guy. You can be military mindset, but you don't have to be from the military to come to your program, right? Yes. So I do got to mention something. As
5: soon as you mentioned Nintendo, I just Battletoads popped in my head. That fucking game I could never beat. Anyway, so. Battletoads. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, what we do that's different, Rad, than a lot of places is the issue what we call trauma even pts pts is or ptsd is a survival mechanism it's it's gone awry a little bit but it's a survival mechanism and what happens is it creates a really hard-shelled ego and that ego is what has to be dissolved in order to have real revelatory change so with our programs what we do is we intentionally facilitate that post-traumatic growth but what we're doing is we're altering your state of consciousness we're allowing more entropy if you will and the higher the entropy the more probability of new circuits forming new connections now of course you don't just go shaking up someone's head like a snow globe and say okay i'll see you later there's all the physiological things that you got to make sure are tuned up right to be aligned to make sure that (laughs) yeah good luck to make sure that you're you know you're uh, taking in the right micronutrients to rebuild neurons right but it's all about tuning it all up tuning up your sleep bringing down those adrenaline levels so you got to do all those things but The thing with habits is they can form a prison, but they're also our habits and they're great when they're great. And then as soon as they're not great, that's where they can be really hard to break, right? That's where routine becomes the precursor to a
4: rut and that rut can just wear down and wear down. You know, it's a really cool program, the Special Forces Experience that dot uh, com. When I went and researched it and looked it over just before we got onto our conversation, I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about? What are we talking about? And it just seems like you want to pull people from you know wherever to to grow from within and you know just deal reconcile with themselves through teamwork. It looks like you have like you know. I say obstacle courses or courses. It looks like they're all lined up and ready to get down and dirty. And uh, it looks like you provide some of that teamwork uh, shoulder to shoulder. Tell me about that. How's that going? So what we do is we
5: do a full spectrum thing. Okay. So yeah, there is like that highly physiological component to it so that we're, we'll, we'll test their bodies. We'll test their flexibility. We'll test their strength. We'll test their endurance. We'll test all those things. Right. And, Along that, so everything they do, everything they go through is what we call a neuropsychological test, which means that we're reverse engineering their behavior into things like cognitive traits, physiological traits, biorhythms, things of that nature. And then as they go through, we adjust, we adjust what we'll call the obstacles, which usually is just some kind of neural priming, mostly through power of suggestion, to see... If that's an obstacle they want to keep, because what we're looking for is what we call shadows. Shadows are blind spots. Those are ill coping mechanisms that we scoop up in our genetics, in our epigenetics, in our childhood conditioning and conditioning throughout life, right? But the deeper you go down, literally the deeper you're moving into someone's brain. So, you know, you got those newer areas and then you all the way down to like hippocampus style memories or hippocampus uh, memories where uh, they're very deep. And they're part of your foundation. And the issue with that is that means they're part of your identity. And therefore, they're hard to identify. And the thing with humans is we never really have a monopoly on reality. We have our what I call ideality. That's our subjective version of reality but it's constantly changing the universe is constantly in flux people are constantly in flux economics it doesn't matter right it's always changing our level of intelligence as a species is changing so you don't want to fall into those patterns and yeah through our programming yeah it has uh, definitely an sf feel you know we'll use guns to test uh reaction times we'll use guns to test uh you know, working memory, long-term memory, short-term memory. We use all these tools to test those little neural nuggets to see how they're firing, where there's room for improvement and where there's not. And then we also discover their characteristics and how Mm -hmm. those characteristics show up in different scenarios, different circumstances, right? Just one to help people evolve them, Um, because you're not going to really evolve unless you put yourself into those circumstances that will force you to evolve right Um, people know the concept of being outside of their comfort zone except most people only ever will go to the edges at max of their comfort zone most people won't even do that most people stay in their bubble and they kind of truck along in life you know every now and then the universe gives them some adversity of course because that's what life does but very few humans are courageous enough to step into the unknown You know, that's stepping beyond your patterns. That's saying that's such a level of trust. You know, I always like shake these guys' hands because the level of trust that they're putting in the SFE into the cadre, which is made up of Americans and Canadians, uh, by the by, both military and civilian pros is always, I I don't want to say it's like flattering or anything like that, but it's just, you know, I honor that when, when, when I see humans saying, I mean like high functioning humans Uh, let alone people that are more obviously in need of uh, help. Being like, I want to be better. I want to be more. I want to be of service. I want to be better for my community. I want to be a better dad, better mom. You know, I just, I love that. Uh, It absolutely uh, pleases me.
6: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW Group. void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: It pulls out the selflessness in somebody when you have to help somebody. You're like a, a teammate and you have to accomplish a small task that might be a actually difficult task together. And then you step aside and you guys complete that task and you have just created this unique bond that nobody else will have with you except for the three or four of you that completed that task or the two of you that went through traumatic event. It's just like, when somebody is, you know, let's say rock climbing with their, with a girl or, or their significant other and, and tragedy happens on the mountain and they have to, they have to self, self rescue each other. Okay. Well, after that, they tend to probably get married and things like that tighten the bond between others so tight. I totally feel what you're saying because, you know, you're putting each other through this stuff, this, this ringer, this field training exercises with a cadre and you're pushing people outside of their comfort zones, and then you see them thrive and succeed, and then they feel that, and they see that. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, yeah. So I think the like, quote-unquote
5: technical term is deep limbic bonding. So we use that to our advantage, and I do like kind of caution people. Don't take this for granted to use on other people you know it's like use this sword wisely but also watch where people use it against you where they so basically deep limbic bonding is when you push yourself into a usually like high cortisol high adrenaline situations where there's a lot of stress juice and what happens is deep deep down it programs very quickly a few things, what they call in, you know, by the Latin word is striving, which means suffering together, struggling together. And when you do that, the people who are there with you suffering through with you and the situation get rooted very, very deeply. And that's why, oh, I'm going to marry this woman because of this, right? You're, you're deeply connected. But again, that's like, what do they call it? Like a word of caution is maybe you don't really love them. You're just deeply bonded to them. And that's actually one of the th- reasons that people stay in relationships right. for, you know, six, seven years long after they've been miserable for, you know, 10 before that kind of deal. And it's because they're bonded on those deep roots, right? Six, they seven have years. kids. Yeah, right. Um, you know, like, they've gone through life together. So they bond this deep bond. Um, but it's, it's part of the veil. It's that's the ego tricking you into saying your behavior is good because you're breathing and you're quote unquote surviving, but check in with yourself, make sure you're thriving. You're being more than you were the day before. That's the whole point of all of this is, you know, for some people it's to heal. Okay, you bring yourself back up to that baseline I mentioned earlier but once you've healed or on your healing path look for growth look to be better expand your consciousness not just alter it but expand it learning new appreciations for life and I it's kind of a paradox because well everything in truth is paradox but using fear, to create more love in this world, and when I say that, think of fear as you know shame, guilt, apathy, anger, desire, pride, things that are very us and them. Okay, where love is about acceptance, neutrality, peace, joy, being satiated, and in, in a total state of security in your environment. And then what you do, what I think the hero does and you know like a joseph campbell's hero is they go into the underworld on purpose to tamp their steel right to burn off the droves to find the elixir to make themselves better because the fact is is life will you know throw you the proverbial lemons and when they come after you like done that on purpose or navigate it with success you know, whether it's, it's, you know, your, your child gets sick and you go through that stressful situation. If you know how to navigate trauma, post-traumatic growth, eventually you could just use one term for it all. And that's post-experiential growth, whether you're experiencing the stress side of it, which is very real. And it's fucking nuts. When your brain starts to be hotwired in these ways, the biases, the, what we call implicit biases that fire, that keep you constricting in and pushing everyone out, it's amazing what can happen. Anyhow, the whole idea is we use those constrictions in order to create expansion. And uh, you're absolutely right about those bonds about when going through something stressful you know we see it in the military you see it in first responders you see it even in you know in sales where people go through a high pressured sales pitch you know they build up their sales pitch they go through it and then they do their pitch to a big company i mean the body can differentiate somewhat between a sales pitch and a firefight but you know by and large it's
4: it's like that you know it's very similar physiological reactions you're going into something that's a Very, yeah, as an actor and auditioning, I go out for auditions and it's like, you know, there's always that uh, calm before the storm. You know, you're going into it and you have to just, it, it is, you know, you're just putting yourself out there for possible rejection straight up and uh, you have to hope for the best and, you know, just go at it. So, you know, professional rejectionist. (laughs) And then you get the part. (laughs) All right. And then it's all stoked right there. But again, you know, it just takes that one, one part. You get that one film, that one movie, and you'll audition until you get another. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I've been working on, Rad, is, that
5: feeling you get down in your solar sacral plexus and and we usually associate it with fear cuz that's that's people what they call it but i've started to notice there's a subtle difference between like anxious fear and excitement and i've just been reframing when it's excitement and when it's fear And, you know, like semantically and physiologically, it's probably very similar, but it's about identifying, you know, that those responses are for, you know, the old tagger in the fucking bush thing, right? They're not necessarily, your additions most likely not going to kill you, but... So just reframing that with simple things, you know, and then doing all the jazz with it, right, the breath work, all that, and uh, honoring it, because that's probably what's going to give you the fucking fire to do a real good uh, audition, you know, at least that's how I see it, even like coming on this podcast, there's, you know, I got that feeling, I'm like, okay, I'm fucking excited. I get to talk with a dude named Rad, you know. 100%. So look at all the opt uh, positives. <laughs>
4: yeah, I get to talk with with, with Jeff. I mean, really, a hundred percent. It's like you know, there's the uh, you know the the proper planning, the preventing the piss poor performance aspect of it, going into mm-hmm. something where you know you're put you're opening yourself up for constructive criticism on purpose, you know. So, yeah. I'm cool like that, I like uh, what you do. And I think that uh, if any of my listeners are totally interested in learning more about the specialforcesexperience.com, that's where they go. And uh, you have an Instagram too, right? You guys have all of the social medias. I, I, the, the website's clean.
5: Uh, so Jeff JeffDapati underscore is my quote unquote personal one. And then uh, the special forces experience is another one. If you guys want to check, guys or girls, gals, women or men, whatever's politically correct these days, mm-hmm. uh, want to come and check us yes. out and, uh, you know, be you. a part of this. Awesome. <laughs> be part of this transition where we're moving yeah. into really, really a nice space of being able to get back to the vets.
1: Play
4: Now, I have, I've asked somebody on the internet, on Instagram, I usually say, hey, I'm going to be doing an interview with a special guest. And I asked, I said, I'm going to be interviewing a Canadian sniper. Okay. And here's the question I got. All right. Is Canadian nachos really called poutine? Is that a thing? Can you confirm that? And is it delicious? Well, Rad, I can uh,
5: not confirm nor deny that one. No, we have nachos way up here. <laughs> uh, poutine's just another delicious take on french fries you know i don't know why it hasn't caught on more down there it's cheese and gravy on potatoes i don't you know, know it's delicious can't go wrong
4: <laughs> it's so good a great question too from the internet okay? i like of all the questions they could have asked you right like tell me about your shot they're like poutine bro <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what that's about, good. That's what good. about kettle chips? Is that a thing up there? Ketchup kettle chips? Is that something that you know is also a popular
5: item? Kettle chips are popular. You know, we got we got chicken chips. We got something called all dressed chips or dressed all over, as Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys likes to call it. And they're fantastic. You really, don't know what you're missing down there, to be honest. We don't have those on the chip selection. We don't have those. No, no, you guys. We got don't a, have those. A bit of a limited chip selection. <laughs>
4: Yeah, really, I'm kind of bummed out because I'm a chip connoisseur. So if you're out there, Lay's potato chips, send us some ketchup chips or something variety. But all joking aside on the food take, you know, that was the Internet bringing those questions to get back to, you know, what you're doing. My question is, what made you want to do this? Right. What is it that said, you know what, I have to be selfless still and and give back what I've learned? What is it? What made you want to keep doing this? Oh, shit. You know, Rad, that is the ever-evolving
5: question. It wasn't up until recently that I could, you know, hand on my heart, answer that. I've always wanted to be of service. I just didn't know what it was. You know, I always felt that call. My soul always wanted to be of service, and I didn't know what it was, right? I was a boy who didn't know what that was, so I volunteered. Then I was a teenager who didn't know what that was, so I helped out my parents, and I worked. And then I was in my 20s and didn't know what it was, but I was going to join the military. And, you know, life you know, the subtleties of the universe, the nature of it all, you know, we can call it God, we can call it whatever started playing out and playing out. And then I finally realized that that was it. It was my higher calling. It was built into me to move along this path. And the more I was able to tune up my path, you know, tune up what's called, uh, the Atman in Vedic training, that's uh, from India, uh, myself, my radio, if you will, my spacesuit to move through time and space, the more I could tune in outside of myself and feel those subtle energies. And, you know, like, like to really sum it up, um, there's a great quote, not quote, <laughs> great uh, passage in the Bible, twenty two fourteen Matthew, and it's you know many are called but few are chosen. Now I I really you know I'm not one to correct Jesus. I think that it should have been you know few make the choice, but I wonder about that, right? Which way does the choice go? And it wasn't up until very recently that I realized okay, it's it's at
4: least both ways, but there's always that subtle hand there, right? Yeah for sure. And so, you know, I think that's really awesome. And if you're going to quote the Bible, there's a quote that you should probably check out and it's Genesis. All right. Creation. So Genesis chapter one, verse 11 and 12, which kind of loosely talks about God made seed and herb and plant for all of man. And then the next one says the next verses, and he said it was good. All right. So, you know, if we're going to pull out, some scripture here you know anybody listening that can help make some change you know seed is good plants are good things like that you know used appropriately the herbs the medicine all of these things are derived from these plants that are on the earth that we live on that we walk amongst and i just i have a I, there's a meme out there okay jeff and i just got to put it out there it's jesus with his hand on his head like like a doe moment going i provided you one plant that can clothe you feed you and cure you and you ban it (laughs) yeah
5: well it it just shows right but we jokingly say you know the uh the psychedelic renaissance is upon us and it is growing and there, the you know there's the warriors of the light that are bringing it in Mm -hmm. it just you know how the world likes to move sometimes Uh, that's the thing with fear fear wants to replace repel fear doesn't want to invite in new patterns and that's what's happening right a lot of people are just instantly scared if we'll use cannabis even we won't even use like a high-powered psychedelic because they haven't done it it's you know you and i grew up through the ages of remember the eggs frying on the frying pan and it's like at that time eggs were bad for you and weed was bad for you and it turns out eggs are really good for you and (laughs) <laughs> yeah and it turns out weed has actually got many benefits right and, and it wouldn't be there growing naturally we use every other substance that you know we use uraniums and all these things that are right you know we deem 100 good that are actually like quite caustic if you hold them in your hand and all these things that are right there and they're, yeah. they're gifts they truly are and nothing to be afraid of but that's the thing right now right we got to build up proper usage because humans can do something really great and that's fucking go crazy with something all the way to the other end right and uh you know just kind of fighting that
4: ignorance well I, i did read that somebody said you know uh the worst thing that cannabis ever got was its name marijuana, you know, that's the worst thing about it because here we are going to pharmacies, you know, and getting our orders of Zoloft, uh, lithium, you know, Xanax, all these Oxycontin, all these big, huge names. And it's like, what's in that? You know, where's that coming from? Right. And then you go and get prescriptions of Pepsi AC to take care of your indigestion. You go get all these different names. If If it was called, you know, clinical 101 everybody be selling it on over the counter but it's called marijuana and now all of a sudden it's like got this bad rap and you know um, of course you know everyone's gonna say oh rad you just say that you just you just think that because i do (laughs) yeah well and that's the thing though whenever
5: it's simple you know it's something i say and it's kind of cliche and cheesy and terrible but when you point a finger there's three pointed back at you and really as the individual when you are you know have you actually made up your own mind on this thing have you talked enough with enough people not just like-minded people who reinforce your patterns because that's what we tend to do right humans tend to congregate in groups that reinforce their patterns it's very safe feeling so when that happens and you're like ah fuck no that's not good and then just like take a look back and be like Okay, wait a minute. Why do I think it's not good? Oh, because my parents said it was, or, you know, maybe a commercial or some kind of advertisement said it, or maybe your experience, you had an experience with it that maybe needs re uh, reevaluating or it was a legit,
4: like, no, that's just not for me. And that's totally good too, you know? That's why I said in the beginning of the show, this isn't a cure-all. It's not 100% for everybody. It can induce, you know, certain psychosomatic, (laughs) you know, attic insane style issues, you know, I'm just saying like it, but it can help, you know, it helps with the nausea and the vomiting with my sister-in-law when she was on chemo and she was dealing with stage four breast cancer and the traumas in her life of removing her anatomy to rid the cancer and, you know, and to see cannabis, you know, make her want to eat, all right? When chemo sucks it out of you, it's like she wants to eat, here's some food, yeah. She's like, can I have some more of that chicken soup? I'm like, yeah, Michelle, you want more? No problem, you know, so to see the benefits personally as a caregiver of somebody who was needing it. Yeah. I'm the choir, you know, I'm all about it. And I think that your program is is really cool. And if anybody's interested in, in participating, they should reach out to you and just learn more about it again, though, you know, um, to each their own, you know, buyer beware. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> that's all I got to say.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, educate yourself on it. Right. That, that's the thing. Um, when you're trying to break, especially, neuronal patterning because that's where it's really great rad beyond those physiological things it can help you release patterning if done right which is a bit probably over some people's heads and i don't mean that pejoratively it's just lots of people don't practice releasing patterns that don't serve them and it is magic for that you know I'm definitely not sitting here saying hey go get blazed you know that's, that's what we did in high school and that didn't work out so fucking well you know because no one's teaching you how to do this stuff like properly it's just all taboo no. and right. running from the cops and such you know
4: right and it's been created that way we were just taught that way it's just uh, it, you know and, and I'm happy to have this conversation you know I just want to expose it man I'm, I know a lot of veterans that are using it Okay, like I know a lot of not veterans that are using it. I know a lot of people that are using it, and I just foresee it. And they're using it for their own reasons. Everybody has their own medicinal reason. When you talk to them, it's like, oh, I just can't get to sleep, so I take this. Or, you know, I just need to eat something because the chemotherapy, it's this. Or it's like, you know, I constantly have flashbacks of situations where I don't want to think about it anymore, and this helps me to forget about it. So it's got just so many different factors, and and I like how you're trying to study it and, and, and put it into perspective with science and data because it needs that backing it
5: yeah i appreciate that red um at these earlier stages of things like that it's
4: always good to have that feedback so I, i appreciate that well, you know, I just want to say thank you for joining us. And, and I've talked about your website, you know, uh, as we wind down the show here. I can't believe we've been talking for close to an hour, but, you know, the specialforcesexperience.com. We'll get that mentioned definitely uh, on the website at softrep.com. Do you have anything else out there that you want to talk about or touch base on? Do you have any books or anything that you're writing or any upcoming, you know, your podcast? Do you want to talk about some of that?
5: Yeah, quickly. Go over it. I appreciate the space, time, and space to do that. We do have a podcast coming uh, up next month. It's going to be called "The Art of Adversity." It's going to be our way of just giving up everything we can, every secret we can about how to grow, how to expand yourself, how to heal your your traumas. Because here's the deal: hurt people, hurt people. And we all have stuff that we can sort out. And as long as we don't sort it out, we're going to continue to live in misalignment. And until we all purposefully start moving towards enlightenment, which just means moving through time and space without interrupting too much (laughs) in in a negative way. Uh, We do have a serial six for the process coming up. That's going to be down in Idaho, up in the mountains. Last year, we had one guy finish. Uh, If anyone thinks they're brave enough, strong enough, smart enough to finish check us out on the website and then really anyone who is a vet or is a family member of a vet please have them come to our website and start uh building up this info so that we can uh we can give them this programming and if nothing else it's community and i really appreciate your time rad it was really great being
4: on well thank you and i I know there's a little bit of a lag and I don't mean to ever cut you off or to my listener that might hear that, you know, we're just working with the best things that we have today in our technology with what we can make. So we're just really proud to have Jeff on the show today uh, with us. And, you know, Jeff, you you can come back anytime. You're always welcome. Feel free to Uh, Invite me to any of your uh, (laughs) things you might be doing. I come and cover it with SoftRep backing me 100%. So thanks again. And with all that said, I just want to say thanks to the 10-year anniversary that we're dealing with for uh, SoftRep.com right now. It's been super exciting to be a part of this whole adventure. Again, a big shout out to Brandon Webb and all of the guys, even Jack Murphy back who helped get this thing going. So thanks to everybody with SoftRep.com. Happy anniversary. Thanks for being a part of our 10-year anniversary podcast episode, Jeff. And with that said, I want to say, go check out the special forces experience.com. And my name is Rad saying peace.
6: You've been listening to soft rep radio.